0: Hey there, John Morris here, JohnMorrisOnline.com. Welcome back to another episode of The John Morris Show. So this is why I'm going to talk about seven ways to make money as a developer. The, the idea behind this is not really from a question, it's more just, I think it's, and I've sort of seen this trend a little bit in, in some of the back and forth I've had in email and comments and so forth lately, so I wanted to kind of bring it back up and address it. But I think it's easy, especially if you're new to web development, to sort of fall into this trap of... Limiting your options in terms of the way that you can make a living as a developer and sort of focus in on, well, I can only make money or I can only make a living working at a tech company or I can only do it as a freelancer. And that there's this sort of finite uh, sort of set of different ways that you can make money. And so uh, there's actually quite a few more than that and a lot that I think you wouldn't necessarily think of or think are viable right off the bat, but actually are. And so what I want to do today, I want to, a couple things. One, I want to hopefully open your eyes to some ways of earning income as a developer that you may not have thought of before, but also show you how to create a good mix of some of those different ways that you can make money so that no matter what you do, you have, you've sort of diversified Uh, your income, and you're you're able. You know, if you get fired at your job, you still have income coming in from somewhere else. Or if you know some something, one of these other side things that you're doing, you know, tanks. You you still have three or four other ways that you're making money as a developer, and and so you're you're a lot more secure in in the living you're making as a coder. You also, of course, will be able to make more money as a result of that because you have multiple sort of streams of income coming in. And then also talk about active and passive income and and developing a good mix of that. So that's what we're going to get into in this episode. Just show you how to maximize the money you make from your coding skills. Ultimately, that's what I want you to get from this episode. Of course, before we do get into that, I do want to remind you about the uh, 1099 deal that's going on over on Udemy right now. So all of their participation participating courses courses that normally run 100 200 bucks you can get right now for just 10.99 this one ends March 19th at 11:59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time uh, this is an affiliate exclusive only so that means if you just go to the site right now you're not going to see the deal you have to actually uh, go through an affiliate link i happen to be an affiliate so you can use the link johnmorrisonline.com/march that will do everything that needs to be done to get you set up with that 1099 deal. And then you can just browse the site from there. Pick the courses you want and you'll be good to go. So again, Udemy deal 1099. It ends March 19th at 1159 Pacific Standard Time. The link for that is johnmorrisonline.com slash March. All right. So with that all the way, let's go ahead. And dive into these seven different ways of making money. So the first one's the obvious one, right? It's getting hired at a a tech company. I think this is sort of the default path, the one every uh, everyone sort of thinks of: IBM, Google, Facebook, stuff like that. And oh, again, it's sort of the default path, but it's far from the only path. And this the the biggest thing about getting hired at a tech company. Probably the biggest advantage, I think, reason why most people do it is job security, right? You're you're, you're not really You don't have to do all the marketing. You're not the one that's out there trying to get the business and all that sort of stuff. You don't have to worry about any of that. You can just sort of focus in on coding and and, and doing that part of things. You don't have to worry about all the other stuff. And often because you're working at a bigger company that's established, that has positive cash flow, you have more job security. You also are going to have a little bit more of a support network around you to help you you know it, it, to to learn things that you need to learn to be able to help you with projects, all that sort of stuff, so this is often good if you're brand new to coding, you've never done any sort of paid work before, maybe you're fresh out of college or you've just gone through a boot camp or you've just been teaching yourself how to code and you want to now dive into getting paid. you know this can be a really great way to do that because it it sort of is like. <laughs> not in a derogatory way, but it's sort of like having training wheels that to, to sort of get you on your feet. And often people will do this first. And then when they get comfortable, move into freelancing or some of these other methods. So uh, again, uh, it, it it's, it's not to say that this isn't uh, a good way to go. I'm just saying it's not the only way to go. So that's getting a, a tech job. Next one, of course, you probably know again, which is freelancing. So off your own website, Upwork, Freelancer.com, Fiverr, all these different sites that are out there to help you support this. The thing to keep in mind when it comes to freelancing is when if you decide to freelance, you're no longer really a developer. You're a small business owner. And you need to approach it more like that. As in building a business, not being a developer or writing code because there are, are lots of things that you're going to have to do that are purely business related that have nothing to do with the product that you actually deliver. Just like you know, if you were to go to a local t-shirt shop, sure, they're experts on making t-shirts, but they also have all this marketing that they, they got to do. They have to you know, figure out all their pricing and how to sell p- their products and and manage their business and handle employee income and taxes and all that sort of stuff so you are truly building a business and you need to understand and approach it that way and realize that the the code is really just a means to an end for your for your overall business this is this is primarily for people who are more entrepreneurial minded it's, it has a lot for a lot of people it's the reason they do this is freedom not just time but sort of mental freedom because when you work for someone else you're sort of you know, you kind of have to do what they say. And for some of us, that's very difficult uh, to, to deal with. So if you're someone who's a little bit more entrepreneurial minded, someone who really values both their time and their mental freedom, then this can be a good route for you to go. The third one, again, still, I think, is something you probably have thought of before, but maybe not as deeply. And that is selling apps. And when I say apps, that's the broad term. So it could be things like Phone apps like WhatsApp or Angry Bird, but also computer apps like Microsoft Office or web apps like WooFo Forms or Lead Pages or Basecamp. So we're just talking about apps across the board. And this is really for you if you you're someone who wants to build the next big thing, right? You watched the movie The Social Network and saw how facebook was built and that really sort of inspired you and motivated you and you want to build be the person to build that next big thing this is the route that you should go because you're never really going to be happy until you're pursuing that goal you don't necessarily ever have to achieve it but it's the pursuit of it that ultimately is what what sort of brings you to life and makes you happy so uh that's the route to go if if uh that's you now again the thing to keep in mind here is ultimately you, again, are building a business. And so you, you, you have to write a fine line of falling too much in love with your app versus making sure that you're doing right for the business as a whole so that the application, whatever it is, can stay alive and running because everybody loses if you go out of business. And if you've ever been a part or uh, used an app or or, or worked with a company and then they went out of business, as a customer, you really feel that. So uh, again, you have to ride that fine line and understand that it is a business, not just an app. The next one is... Teaching developers, and this is where we start to get into a little the more obscure thing. So this is what I do, um, you know. And for me, I could just sort of speak to my own experience. I've always, I've always sort of enjoyed teaching and helping other people. I made majored in secondary education in college way back when, uh, and so it's just something that has always appealed to me. If you're someone who is really into sort of explaining or breaking down ideas. And working with others, and helping others, and watching others grow and succeed, then teaching might be the route to go for you. And again, there's tons the 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 marketplace now for coders teaching coders is huge, and you know it's just uh, Udemy, Linda, Skillshare, all this stuff. It's huge. There's plenty of of architecture out there for you to be able to tap into and and rely on. So if that's something you want to get into there's really been no better time than now to get into it because there's just such a sophisticated marketplace for it. So that's teaching developers. You can also coach developers. So a, a site that uh, I think of when I think about this is codemanner.io And this is essentially what they do is you, you uh, build a profile over there and other people that want to learn how to code can hire you to coach them. And you'll actually be in sort of a one-on-one video conference with them going back and forth, helping them through you know, whatever it is. There's all sorts of things over there from coding to sort of more freelance stuff to whatever. Whatever you want to coach someone on, you can pretty much do over there related to to development, of course. So, again, that's that's one example of a place that you could do that. Of course, you could completely do it on your own if you wanted to. It just uh, depends. Now, this is a bit of a cross between freelancing and teaching because, you know, teaching, you you are teaching someone, but you're doing it not through a course or or a video. You're doing it one-on-one directly more like you would with a freelance client. So the things we talked about in terms of freelancing and teaching, you sort of combine those here a little bit when you get into coaching clients. Uh, And if you're, you know, if you're, again, into the one-on-one sort of, hands-on, direct, face-to-face sort of teaching, if that's the thing you're into, then that would be a good route to go for you. The next one is one I don't think too many people think about, to be honest. Uh, and for me even, it, it was a lot of years before I even realized that this was a thing, but it absolutely is. And that is teaching clients. And so this would be, the example I would I would use is I spent a lot of years as a freelancer building membership sites for people. I could, if I wanted to, very easily turn around and make a course where I teach non-tech people how to build a membership site the way that I did with the technologies that I did. I could I could make that course. In fact, I know courses out there right now that exist that do that exact thing and do very well. And so that is something that I could do. So I'm not teaching coders. I'm teaching actual non-tech what would be what would be clients, but I'm not doing client work for them, I'm creating a course for them. And so the, the idea here is you help them solve their tech problems still, but you don't actually do it for them, you do it in a in a course. And, you know, th- uh, the thing about this, if you're going to go this route, is that you will always need to sort of tie it back to a make money type of element, meaning that these people at the end of the day, don't they, they don't care about the technology or any of that. They just want to get to the end result so they can start making the money that they want to make. They're business people. And so you always have to sort of put it in that sort of context and explain things in, in, in that way and, and and sell your stuff in that way uh, because that's ultimately the end result that they're after. So if you're comfortable doing that, oftentimes people in this sort of market Will have more money because they're business people they're running businesses or they're 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 wanting to run a business, and they know they're gonna have to invest so when you you look at the difference between this particular market and maybe coaching coders a little bit more, oftentimes these people will uh have a little bit more money or be willing to spend their money a little bit easier, but you always have to again tie it back to their overall goal and be able to speak in their language and explain things to people that are non-technical. So it might be a little bit easier to get them to purchase your course, but it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult to teach them how to do the thing that that needs to be done. So you just have to keep that in mind. The last one here then is consulting clients. And this is, you know, this is what my brother does. And the idea here is, you know, he, he consults big companies on data migration for a piece of software and, and so forth. But the, the big thing here is, you know, you, you, you're, you're helping them again to solve their, their, their tech problems, but you're not freelancing. So you're not doing it for them. And that's a real, you have to really set that, that line, because a lot of times when you consult somebody on something, they're going to want you to then just do it for them. And so if you're going to go into consulting clients and telling the idea is you're, you're telling them what they need to do to solve their tech problems, you're, sort of walking it through them and being like a mentor through this process but you're not actually doing it any of any of it for them you're you're telling them who to hire or who in their staff can get it done or whatever whatever the the situation is you're just providing them mentorship you're not actually doing it for them and the thing about this is it requires really high authority to get people to pay for this and usually is going to involve some tech thing that is fairly complex. For, so, for example, like what my brother does. I mean, the company that he does this for works with other Fortune 500 companies that have massive infrastructures. They're oftentimes they're, the software that they're migrating from to, to this new software is really old and convoluted and it's just a mess. And I've actually sat there and, and watched him not necessarily watch exactly what he was doing but watched him as he was messing and trying to my get all the data migration and on meetings and so forth and it's it's a mess so again it's it's something that it's not just going to be sort of your everyday sort of website or something like that that you're probably going to be able to do this for it's going to be something more complex and it's going to require a lot of authority meaning that you have established yourself as rock solid as a, a an authority in this particular marketplace. So, but again, it's another it's another way that you can go, go about earning income. All right. So those are the seven ways to earn income. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is this idea of active and passive income. So, essentially, active income is where you know you you have to actively do something in order to earn the income. Meaning. If you're freelancing, you have to you know build the website and and do do that uh, in order to get paid. Uh, or even consulting with a client, you're getting paid often by the hour in that situation, so you you have to actually do something in order to earn that income directly. Whereas passive is more you know you can you could be in bed at night and someone could buy one of your courses. And, you, you, you know, it's just there on your site. Someone could find it. They could buy it. And you don't have to actually do anything directly at, uh, pretty much after you set up the the system to to sell it and so forth. So it's kind of a set it up and then sort of forget about it. And you can make money at any time of the night whether you're doing something actively or not. And, you know, active income is often it's easier to get hired because you're providing something direct whether it's your time or some sort of end end product so it usually is a little bit again easier to get hired and also often has you get paid more for what you're doing so you know a, a web development project might be three thousand or five thousand or ten thousand or fifteen thousand dollars whatever it is now, that's a really high sort of of uh, price to to charge someone but it has an upper limit and the upper limit is your time. You can only spend so much time doing this. And so you reach a point, it, it's sort of easy to get to a certain level, but then you, you kind of get stuck at that level and it's hard to go beyond that unless you start uh, implementing more passive forms of income. Now, passive income can often be harder to get going and and be a little bit more risky because you got to create a course in advance. You have to set up a marketing system. There's all this work and time you need to invest up front before you ever make a a cent. But once you get it set up and you tweak it right to to start working and you're selling and all that sort of stuff, oftentimes it'll run like that on autopilot for years. And again, you can make money any time of day. So that's the advantage of passive income. The trick to me, in my opinion, is to have a good mix of both. So don't just rely 100% on active income because you'll always have that upper limit at the same time you don't necessarily always want to rely 100% on passive income because it's not you're not going to get as much money per sort of product it takes a lot more to get it up and going and to generate enough revenue and you know if something goes wrong or changes you know it can be it can it can be something that can be hard to fix and and so you can find yourself in a situation where you have periods of time where maybe you're not making much uh, money. Whereas with active, you can pretty much go on uh, one of these sites and get hired within a matter of a few days or so and and start making money. So again, it's to me, it's having a a good mix of both. It's also, the the phrase I would use is to be active in your passive and passive in your active, meaning whatever sort of uh, active income that you're trying to make. So if you're doing freelancing or you're doing consulting or, or whatever it is, maybe try to always add some sort of passive element to that. So if you're doing freelance, maybe a passive element that you could add to that would be to have a course that's designed specifically for your clients that when they, you know, when they hire you to to freelance for them, you know, you you pitch them on buying this course that teaches them, you know, maybe Maybe I'm building membership sites for people. Well, then I have a course that teaches them how to market their membership site or how to do their content management or how to run their community or all that stuff. Have a course that fits with the pre- freelance product that you're developing that can be sort of an add-on that's more passive income and then just build that build that into sort of your, your sales process. So when I say be passive in your active, that that's what I'm talking about. Add passive elements to the active income you're already generating. On the other side of it, you know, be active in your passive. This right here is a good example. So, you know, the I am on a daily basis creating these podcast episodes and these in these videos and so forth. So that is me actively doing something, but I'm promoting, you know, what are passive products, whether it's affiliate stuff on Udemy, whether it's my own courses, whatever. I talk about those things in the podcast. And those are passive income, but I'm doing something active to promote them. So you always want to make sure that you have some sort of active thing in place, usually multiple. So you could be running ads. You know it could be doing sort of videos like this. It could be writing content on your blog, whatever it is, you want to be make sure you're active and not just relying on people just sort of finding your stuff and hope hoping that that they they buy it. You need to be out there actively promoting it. So again, that's what I mean when I say be active in your passive and be passive in your active. Always be looking for ways to sort of put the two together to maximize the amount of income that you can make. Now, of course, to do all this you need to get your skills to the point where you can actually deliver and get paid where people will will seek you out and, and be willing to pay you top dollar for what you do whatever route that you go and one of the ways that you can do that is to learn professional how to build professional type applications that clients are willing to pay good money for you know, the kinds of applications that really sort of set you apart. And when a client uses it, they can tell the difference. They can tell the difference between, you know, sort of a, a maybe I would say rookie application and someone who has really mastered the art of professional application development. So uh, in doing that, I want to recommend to you uh, a PHP bundle I have over at store.johnmorrisonline.com. Right at the top, you'll see a big banner uh, that 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 advertises the course and in it you get my PHP 101 course my object oriented programming course and my login script tutorial which is going to show you how to build these kinds of professional applications not only that it's going to show you uh, and it's my non MVC applica- application building framework so you know a lot of people sort of are enamored with MVC and MVC is great i'm not 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 knocking it but there's an application building framework that i learned several years ago that i actually like better than MVC for me it's more of a natural sort of fit for how applications actually tend to get built uh and it's one it also you know one of my clients their entire customer management system this framework Is that sort of the foundation for that? And so I've seen it in action and how well it can work. So anyway, you learn that inside of uh, the object-oriented programming course as well. Now, normally, these three courses separately would run for $94, but in the bundle, you can get them just for $17. Also, if you use the coupon code JMO at checkout, you can get another 20% off of that course. And if you want, the, the course is also, this bundle is also over on Udemy. So if you visit the, uh, that page, you can also get the Udemy link as well. So again, store.johnmorrisonline.com. Right at the top, you'll see the the banner for that, for that bundle. Highly recommend checking that out. Again, use the coupon code JMO at checkout for another 20% off of that. And again, learn how to build those sorts of professional applications so that no matter what route you go, you have the authority, you have the credibility, you have the skill to be able to deliver and 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 get people to actually want to hire you to do this stuff. So, again, store.johnmorrisonline.com. All right, that'll do it for the episode. If you liked the episode, be sure to hit that like button. Also, subscribe if you haven't so that you can get all the future episodes. Also, the past episodes, links to subscribe on Android, iTunes, tune in. You can find all that at johnmorrisshow.com. And finally, if you'll rate and review the podcast, over on iTunes, I will give you module one of my PHP 101 course for free. All you got to do is leave an honest review. The instructions for that, you can go to johnmorrishow.com, click on the start here link at the top. That'll tell you how to leave the review and also how to get that free module of PHP 101. So again, johnmorrishow.com, click on the start here link at the top. All right, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.